your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. You can download the app and join me next week to get in on the action. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we will recap what happened in round one of the NHL draft, both picks by the Minnesota Wild, as well as some of the other ripples from day one of the NHL draft. So uh, plenty to get to here on this bonus edition of a Saturday episode of Locked on Wild. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons covering exclusively the Minnesota Wild. Happy Saturday to you. Hope your weekend is off to a good start. Certainly is for the Minnesota Wild after their two picks yesterday and uh, a couple of players that are widely expected to have a big impact for the Wild uh, when they get up to the NHL level. But uh, wanted to talk about a couple of just ripple effect things uh, from yesterday that um, you know will impact what the Wild do here the rest of the offseason. Obviously, no Jack Eichel, uh, as it just it seems like his asking price is just not coming down. So I'm I'm now of the belief, I know earlier in the week I was banging the table saying, let's just get it done. Let's just make it happen. But you've got a couple of factors now that I think have really kind of turned me away from it. Uh, a, the asking price still being incredibly high. And B, the fact that uh, the Sabres are not releasing uh, Eichel's medical records. So that obviously is a concern as well. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Wild do to uh, address the center position. Obviously, Sam Reinhart traded to Florida for a pick and a couple of prospects. That could have an impact on what the Wild do with some other names who are potentially available. I know Christian Dvorak is the uh, most notable of those names. And so it's, it's looking more and more like the Wild will do something in free agency on a short-term basis to try to um, impact the center position on the roster. That would not surprise me at all if that's the way they go. Uh, so it's, it is kind of interesting that even though the Wild don't look like they're going to uh, get the Eichel deal done, at least at this point, uh, it, it looks as though they're going to be able to do something in free agency and keep a lot of their uh, top prospects, including Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi, on the roster. So that's uh, that's definitely a win-win, I think, uh, for the Wild. All right, so let's talk NHL draft a little bit uh, before we go on to uh, a little more of the expansion draft crossover uh, that we started yesterday. We'll uh, we'll do that to finish off the show, and then we have a ton more draft coverage coming up on Monday and Tuesday and into next week as well. Uh, the Minnesota Wilds, at least according to Scott Wheeler of The Athletic, uh, one of the biggest winners of the first rounds of the draft. And so here is what uh, Wheeler had to say about how things went with the Wild taking Jesper Walstead and Carson Lambos uh, with their two picks yesterday. It was a really good day for the Wild, who grabbed two of 
my top 15 prospects without a top 15 pick. A year after I felt the Wild knocked their 2020 first-round pick out of the park with Marco Rossi, they landed one of the better value picks yesterday in Wallstead at 20. He belongs in the same tier as Yaroslav Askarov and Spencer Knight as one of the three best goalie prospects in the world. He's a rare teenaged goalie that I'm comfortable projecting as an NHL starter. It's all there. He's a big, he's big. His composure, positioning, and control in the net are almost robotic, and he rarely has to make second saves because he swallows the first one. His last few starts of the year left scouts a little sour, and they were spread out over a long enough period of time that it had been a while since he'd wowed people, which led to his fall, but he looked unimpeachable before that small run of play. I really liked the Lambo selection six spots after Wallstead too. I thought he was much better in Finland this year than he got credit for public, uh, publicly and among NHL scouts. He really impressed me in some of my viewings of him at the under-20 level there, which he, where he often looked in complete control of the play. But a medical issue, which resulted in a procedure this spring and pulled him out of the WHL's short season, and an unconventional draft year both combined to cloud his season after looking like a potential top 10 pick a year ago. He does everything well, is mobile, plays an assertive three-zone game, and looks like a second-pairing type at the next level. Uh, for what it's worth, Wheeler had Wallstead ranked as his 12th best prospect in the draft, and he had Lambos ranked as his 15th best prospect. So the Wilds get uh, Wallstead at 20 and Lambos at 26. Here's what elite prospects had to say about both players for Wallstead. He's a strong, fluid skater in the crease and doesn't mind coming out to challenge oncoming threats. He'll ramp up the aggression when necessary, but only when the moment calls for it. He tracks pucks well. He doesn't get rattled when he makes a mistake. Wallstead's precise finding uh, his parameters around the blue paint and has a fairly evenly distributed ability to stop pucks with his hands. And then for Lambos. Lambos is a potent shooter with the skill and instincts to manipulate defenders and improve his shooting location. With and without the puck, he activates from the point, becoming a passing option and a scoring threat. He fakes shots and passes, waits for the defender to commit, then bursts into the space he created. Constant head fakes add another layer of deception. So there you have it for the uh, Wilds' two picks in the first round. The draft continuing here today. The Wild have seven more selections uh, throughout the rest of the draft. So it would not shock me if they try to do a couple of different things uh, with those picks. Um, some other thoughts on the two selections. Uh, obviously, Wallstead is interesting because of what happened with Capo Kakinen. Uh, the expectation that he was going to potentially be taken um, by the Kraken in the expansion draft. If that would have been the way that this went, um, then you know the goalie pick makes sense. It, it may say a little bit about what the Wild think of Capo's future, and that they don't really, um, they don't really view him necessarily as like a a certified starter. So, I don't know. I, I like the Wallstead pick a lot, and I think he will have a big impact on this team when he gets to the NHL level. And then Lambos as well. Obviously losing Suter and now Carson Soucy. They needed to uh, get somebody who could 
somewhere down the line fill in defensively. And I like the fact that Lambos has uh, an offensive prowess to his game as well. So I, I think both picks were sensational. Obviously, the Athletic loved them. A lot of draft experts did as well. And so, you know, another home run to start off the draft by Judd Brackett and Bill Guerin. Uh, they just continue to just continue to get it done uh, and uh, really knock out these drafts. So there are some draft thoughts for you for your Saturday. As I mentioned, we'll have plenty more coming up on Monday and Tuesday of next week. We've got some guests lined up to uh, assist in those areas. And so uh, just enjoy the rest of the draft here today, and uh, hopefully the Wilds can make some nice selections. Next, we'll finish today's bonus episode with more of our expansion draft crossover reaction from yesterday. That is next here on Locked on Wild. Can we just can we go back just briefly to the whole Ron Francis saying that teams weren't willing to play ball this year uh, as opposed to in the Vegas draft? Do I don't know if either of you remember, but it seemed to me that at one point um, there was talk that the asking price to do side deals was just astronomically high. Like, do we believe that or do we think that uh, that was just some smoke by uh, even, even some of the GMs not with Seattle trying to um, trying to not fall into that Vegas loophole? I don't think there's much smoke there. I, I think the asking prices are a little bit higher this time because they don't want to make the same mistakes. They don't want Seattle yeah. to come out and win the Stanley Cup right away. They saw this once. A lot of GMs had egg on their face. I'm looking at Florida, for example, as having a lot of egg on their face last time. The wild this too. Around, it's not going to. Yeah, the wild. The only reason it might come a little bit easier is just the cap space. There's so much of it for Seattle and there's a ton of good free agents out there. So you you just never know. True. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely an interesting go around this time with the expansion draft. It'll be interesting to see what Seattle does um, when it comes to free agency and trades. Again, we have the uh, uh, regular entry draft. I think tomorrow. Uh, I believe. Yes. It is. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Because they have the uh, second or third overall They have the number two pick. Number two, because they moved up and the Ducks moved down. Yeah. Not that I'm bitter. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to just to see what happens. um, Because, again, there's just so much going on right now. um, And just so many moving parts uh, with Seattle it, again it's different people aren't going to make the same mistakes they made last time people learn from well, their mistakes I mean, oh and I'll I have just, my draft guru on tomorrow and this Spoiler just alert. came across of Shea Weber will not play next year due to injuries oh boy not surprising yeah not surprising not, yeah not surprising um um yeah. just for the sake of the home audience should we just go down the roster really quick just to, for the sake of going down the roster for all yeah, 30 picks. Yeah. Okay. I can do this all in two breaths. So the forwards for Seattle, Jordan Eberly, Yanni Gord, Giannis Donskoy, Brandon Tanev, Jared McCann, Callie Yarncrow, 
Tyler Pitlick, Mason Appleton, Nathan Bastian, Morgan Geeky, Colin Blackwell, John Quenville, Alexander True, Carson Torinsky, and Linz Cole. <sighs> Defense. Mark Giordano, Jamie Oleksiak, Adam Larson, Carson Soucy, Hayden Fleury, Curtis McDermott, Jeremy Lozon, Gavin Bayreuther, William Borgen, Kale Fleury, Dennis Toloski, Vince Dunn, and the three goaltenders, Chris Dredger, Joy Dacord, and Vitek Vanacek. Those are the 30 players. God. Wow. That feels better. Yeah. Whew. I need a water after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting looking roster for sure. Um, but what are some of y'all's big predictions that you have uh, for Seattle um, moving forward season? Free agents, trades, draft picks, whatever. Because I do think they're going to sign at least one big name free agent. I don't necessarily know who, but I think they're going to make a splash with at least one free agent. It, I mean, it feels like they, it feels like they have to. And I'm just, I'm sitting here just still stunned at the fact that um, Vladimir Tarasenko is just still sitting there and uh, I'm not is, is not wanting to, I mean, wants to move on from St. Louis and so I don't know. Does that then become like a deadline deal, or or is that still going to happen here before the season starts? I don't think anyone wants to get him right now. With that's fair. With the impending multiple surgeries that could be happening, I don't think anyone's going to necessarily pick up on him. Maybe at all. Like the the Vince Dunn, that was smart. That was a smart move by Seattle to get Vince Dunn, but. There's Tarasenko has a 7.5 cap hit. It's really prohibitive for any team to still have that. I mean, to have that cap hit still going, it would have taken a lot for Seattle to take that. And he's still going to need multiple major shoulder surgeries at some point. So I don't see why Seattle or any team would take that risk right now. I just don't see it happening. I mean, maybe Ken Holland will, but is there going to be any money left by the time he's done? Jeez. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I know uh, the Hurricanes were on his short list, uh, Tarasenko's, but honestly, that's one I don't even know if they go after it um, just because of he's fixing, again, just so many pending surgeries for him. Like, do you Mm -hmm. want that cap hit? Um, And yeah, it... It's interesting to see what's going to happen with him. Um, honestly, you're just looking at Seattle. Um, I don't even think they would make that move for him uh, because, again, it's just that wouldn't be a smart business move right now. No, it wouldn't. And I, mean, I they, think if got you got some good players as it is, yeah, I think like if some pretty good pieces, someone does make that move. I really don't think St. Louis is going to get much in return. Yeah, that's because you're probably of right. Everything that the team who takes him is going to have to take on. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was definitely a fun night last night with the expansion draft. Um, yeah, it's not every day that we get to see expansion <laughs> draft. Um, it probably, I, frankly, I don't know if we'll ever see another yeah. expansion draft. Thirty-two seems to kind of be the I don't magic think we're number. We're going to see one in a while. Yeah, but um, man, Sean Kemp butchering Eunice Donskoy's name was painful. Yeah, that was um, that was rough. 
also Cali Yarncrock. Like it's Cali, Cali. Like oh man. Like there was some cringeworthy moments. That whole that entire there was good moments too. That entire exchange between uh, Beast Mode and Kevin Weeks was <sighs> cringe. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, e- even our colleague Eric Ayala from Locked On Kraken, she was like, "Man, like there there were some bad moments that like it was still a fun time there, but there was some head scratching moments just as far as a production standpoint goes." And that was one of them. Yeah, the whole and then the fish thing. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give some props. I thought the fish catching actually was well done because I forgot just how difficult that is without like having it hit you right in the chest and knock you over. So that was well done, even though we have had already it? seen it. Have, have you done that before? I have not. I have not done it either. You, sh- you should try it at least once. Y'all should do it. It's fun. <laughs> This July, Built Bar is asking you to celebrate freedom of choice. Built Bar has an assortment of amazing flavors from coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My personal favorite is raspberry. Yours might be some other flavor. So you can try a mixed box that has two each of the nine flavors. The best part about Built Bar, though, they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges from 130 to 180 calories, contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So they not only taste great, but they're good for you as well. And how about this? Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Dot com. That um, that Seattle market is on like near the top of my list of places to go. So I think I think I'm just gonna end up getting tickets for opening night for the Kraken and just go make it a weekend. That'd be fun. Ooh, see that that's why I'm waiting for the schedules to come out for both the NHL and the AHL. Yeah, that way I could plan my trip to Seattle whenever I could go. It have to be on a day where both the goals and the rain are on the road. Is the only way that'll happen for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get it done though. Um, but you know, steering away, you know, from the expansion draft, um, because I feel like we've kind of said all we can say about that is now moving on into um just news with around the NHL today, because there's a lot going on. Um <laughs> obviously, you know, part of this crossover is the locked on hurricanes podcast. So we'll talk about that trade first. Ooh, should we is should we talk the, about Rock Auto? Should we yeah. should we kind of like ease him into it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit because I think we got to talk about RockAuto.com first, don't we? Yeah, give them a second to prepare themselves. Yeah, so RockAuto.com is the place where you can get all your car parts. They've been family owned and operated for over two decades. And guess what, guys? They have prices that will blow your mind in fact i just got some windshield wipers you know how much i saved on that how much like 60 percent. jeez awesome the wipers are up on my car now yeah i went i actually went to a couple of big box stores compared prices i saved about 60 percent on wipers alone by going to rockauto.com so they've been family owned and operated they have all the parts your car will ever need and look you could put in the how did you hear about us box tell them that locked on 
Ducks sent you or Locked on Hurricanes or Locked on Wild for my main man, Seth. So once again, that's rockauto.com. I'm going to do the song for you guys, all right? Okay. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me initially yeah. of the uh, the Dunder Mifflin song that uh, Michael hated, <laughs> that uh, Daryl wrote. What? When they wreck is still better. Oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah, that's a great, that's a fair, that's, that's a fair a point. Great, great show, underrated yes. show. Yes, uh, but diving on into these trades and free agent signings and all that stuff going on, uh, but. Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> have traded Calder Trophy finalist Alex Ndokovich to the Detroit Red Wings mm. for Jonathan Bernier and a third round pick. I will mm. remember you. <laughs> this is... One of the worst moves that go. the Hurricanes have made in recent memory. In years. The Hurricanes have struggled oh for years. Ever since Cam Ward you know, started on the downhill uh, you know, of his career, they struggled to find a consistent goaltender. You know, in his last few years, he wasn't it. He still had moments of being an elite level goaltender. He had flashes, but he was old. His body was breaking down. He had to play hurt. Uh, and, you know, he just wasn't able to be. He was so overplayed. He couldn't be that goaltender anymore. Scott Darling, you know, there was that personal issues there, you know, that kind of fed into that. Um You know, Peter's, you know, good, but he's not, you know, a true starter. James is definitely a backup. Um, and then you finally have Ned make the jump up to the NHL and he kills it. And from what I've seen, his asking price was $3.5 million um, for you know, average annual value. Uh, and, you know, I'd said, you know, the three to five million, three to $3.5 million uh, for like two to three years It'd be a good bridge deal because, again, you didn't see a super big sample size of him um, this season in playoffs. Um, and you don't want to throw giant money at him in case things don't work out. Um, and you wouldn't be out a ton of money. Um, and then, you know, I know they're worried about arbitration stuff. Uh, and then they trade him. And for Jonathan Bernier? He's an unrestricted free agent, 32 years old, thought Nelson Mandela was an athlete (laughs) in a third-round pick. Like, okay, Ned, you're not going to be able to get a deal done with Ned. Okay, really sucks. Uh, But you could have gotten more than Jonathan Bernier in a third-round pick. Like, what are you doing? And the thing is, he signed with Detroit for $3 million. Yeah, that I think. Like, I understand. Like, there are some personal issues there, you know, with long-distance relationship, you know, if his fiance being up there. I, I understand that, you know, maybe him taking less money there. 
I'm like, dude, he took let it. It's just a stupid move that I don't understand what the Hurricanes are doing there. That was that was a Ron Francis level GM move. Oh man, um, yeah, a couple of things that really struck me about this, and this is coming from somebody who has watched and covered the Minnesota Wild for the last couple of seasons and got to watch Devin Dubnik for a like 15 stre- uh, start stretch last year, give up five point, I think three goals on average and how just awful goaltending can be when it's bad. And like, here's the other thing that struck me as well. The fact that Carolina's offer was one and a half million per. Yeah, there it is. Like you're telling me that you cannot find a way to get from one and a half to three. That's essentially, that's essentially a minor trade moving a depth piece um, from the back end somewhere. Yeah, this is just, this is baffling to me. And I, you know, for as much ribbing as I gave that uh, Nijelkovic was, was in the Calder trophy race. That's the other part of it uh, was in the Calder trophy conversation for what he did uh, between the pipes. Um, I like this to me and not knowing to some of the stuff that you spoke to Jared, this speaks to me that if there was something else going on to where um, they just, they did not think that he was the guy, which is a weird choice to make after one season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, I just don't understand that move again. Like I understand you didn't have a super big sample size of him this year. Again, give him a bridge deal, you know, two years, three million, three and a half million. Like it's the fact that they couldn't get that deal done. And the thing is like, you could have, you know, got a solid goaltender, you know, to back him up again. You know, you have, again, yeah. Still believe Peter Mrazek, yeah, he's probably going to be gone. He wants to be a starter. Um, and, you know, with Ned... Well, he could now. That just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that door's open now for sure. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't going to happen with Ned. Um, he wasn't going to be a true starter. Like, all right, you could have signed... I mean, maybe you could have got a deal done with Peter. Okay, great. Um, or you could have went with James Reimer, who would definitely be a number two goaltender. Um, but he knows your system and he can win you games. He kept the Hurricanes in a lot of games this season or this past season. He was a big part of someone called David Ayers. Why they made so, someone playoffs. called David Ayers right now. Like, yeah, I'm just like, what? There were just so many options there that they could have went yeah, with, this, except this one. This move was bad on several levels. I mean, the fact that he only got three million. I would have been okay offering him three and a half million easy. I thought Carolina could have moved some pieces around. They could have made a couple of, you know, trades. Now that the trade window is open, and even shed some more cap space, maybe some dead cap space around, or shed something. But they could have made this work, or they could have had some kind of deal in place to get rid of 
Peter Mrazek or James, they could have gotten one of those two guys out of town because you're not going to do it with three goalies because what are you going to do? Ship them off to the AHL wherever they're playing now? I know where they're playing. I'm only joking. <laughs> but look, looking back, this is going to be one of those trades that's going to define management in the worst way for Carolina. This is yeah. a baffling move on so many levels. Um, I still don't get it. Just, just throwing in as well, Cam Talbot who is widely considered like a league average to below average starter in the NHL. Um, his current cap hit is 3.3 million. That'll do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. We will keep an eye on what the Wild do for the rest of the NHL draft. And as mentioned, we have Alex Micheletti coming on the show on Monday to recap uh, what we saw in the lead up to the draft and also the draft itself. Uh, and then we will have Gabe Foley back on on Tuesday to discuss uh, what we saw from the entirety of the NHL draft and uh, the Montreal Canadiens. That pick, uh, we will talk about it uh, in more detail um, coming up on Tuesday as well. And so uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we have plenty to discuss starting on Monday here on Locked on Wild. Make sure to follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, so if you are looking for a source of daily Minnesota Wild content, look no further than Locked on Wild. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.